What's going on, everybody? We're back with another episode of Volunteer Voice as a midweek episode. Today, I'm joined with Carrie and Jason. You won't be hearing from Jason a lot today as he is dealing with uh, a little bit of a sickness. You'll hear him just a little bit. Um, we got some big news on Rocky Top, and we'd like to cover baseball and recruiting today as we're doing our first part out of a two-part series talking about recruiting starting off. So uh, let's start off with Caleb Herring. If you haven't heard the news, Caleb Herring is coming to Rocky Top. He announced not too long ago that he was all in with Rocky Top, and he's all in with this program. If you don't know, his brother Elijah Herring is already on Rocky Top, made a big splash in the spring game, and uh, I believe that's probably a big reason why Caleb is locked in with this program. This is a huge pickup. It bumped us up four spots on on three. We went from 11th, I believe, to 7th. So we're a top 10 recruiting class. So this is huge. I think 2023 might be one of the best classes we could ever have. The way we're shaping it out, Nico effect is real. I believe in Nico effect and just everything that this class has going on. There's a lot of potential. So we'll cover more about the 2023 class later on. But to touch on Caleb Herring, he is a defensive end edge rusher, one of the spots that we're going to be losing a little bit of. A um, couple minds come to name – or a couple names come to mind. You might think of Tyler Barron. He already entered the transfer portal for a day, came back. So that, that kind of freaks me out just a little bit. Byron Young, his class is getting a little bit older. So having a young guy learn, of, like, learn under those guys could be huge, could definitely – be something big on campus. I truly believe this kid has all the potential in the world. Um, and most definitely having his brother on campus is also a big help, that brother connection. And we're also going to talk about another set of brothers later on in the show. But until then, I'm going to pass it off to Kerry. I'm going to let him cover just a little bit of baseball before we jump into recruiting. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Another segment of Kerry's Corner. Really hope you guys are liking this segment just over baseball. Seems like I'm the only person that actually wants to decently pay attention to baseball on this podcast and actually knows what they're talking about. So this week we're going to cover Tennessee Tech, Alabama, and a look ahead to Florida. Uh, the Tennessee Tech hey, game. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm sick now. Don't, don't throw me under the bus like that. Hey, I'm going to throw you under the bus, man. Uh, Tennessee Tech game, Tuesday night, midweek game against, well, of course, against Tennessee Tech. Played at Smoky Stadium, Woodback game. I did not like the idea of Woodback game. I knew it was like a trap going into. Uh, I didn't think we were going to be very motivated at all. I just – I didn't like the situation of being so hot with the bats and then switching to wood bats. So when we lost, I wasn't very surprised. The reliever pitched five innings of no-hit baseball. He pitched really good. He had some nasty off-speed pitches. And I think that the wood bats was actually the reason why we lost to Alabama on Friday night. Uh, whenever you use wood bats, they're a little bit heavier. They hit Monday. They had to take BP Monday with the wood bats. And then, of course, on Tuesday again, they used the wood bats. So whenever you use the heavy, heavier bats, your hands get lower, you get under the baseball. And we played Alabama on Friday night, and we had seven or eight pop-outs to shallow outfield or in the infield. Um, I think that was the reason why we lost is because of the pop-outs. And 
Chase Burns also two straight weeks in a row, two straight Friday night. He's come out at home and hasn't pitched well. Uh, he has to do better. He has to get it together. Chase Dolander getting hurt Saturday did kind of save Burns a little bit because I think that Tidwell was definitely going to come into this Friday spot now that Burns has not been pitching good. But either way, we lost Friday night, so we lost two in a row. You're going to lose baseball games as part of it. It was upsetting because it was Alabama, but we knew that the SEC loss was coming eventually. Uh, Saturday night, of course, was all, when all the drama happened. I personally was very mad about the ejection. Not I, was, I wasn't very mad about the ejection of Tony Vitello. I understood why he got ejected. He was talking way too long. Uh, but the Frank Anderson ejection is what made me mad because if you look, Frank, Ander- Frank Anderson was talking to like, well, I'd say like the first base umpire or the third base umpire. And then Jeff, whatever his last name is, the idiot decided he was going to turn his back to Frank Anderson and toss him out when either of them, when Frank Anderson wasn't paying attention and got mad that the situation got heated. I think that Frank Anderson was mad because the Alabama players were saying some stuff. It is what it is. Um, we took care of business after that. I was very happy the fact that we'd be in nine to two, but the fact that the pitching or the coaching staff that has got thrown under the bus in the first inning did such a well job handling the situation. I mean, the pitching, pitching was great. It's hard to handle a bullpen whenever Frank Anderson's the only person that handles pitching. Because for those of you that don't know, Vitello does not, he doesn't do pitching at all. That's not his thing. He just leaves it to Frank Anderson. He doesn't even really talk to the pitchers that much unless he sees something on film. He said that uh, Friday night after his post-game press conference, he said that on Rocky Top Insider, I'm pretty sure. So Saturday night we got the win, and then Sunday we just took care of business. Drew Bean pitched an outstanding game. Right now I think he's the most consistent guy. Uh, He may actually move up to the Saturday guy and maybe throw Tidwell into the Sunday position and give Burns a couple more chances on the Friday night games. And if he doesn't get it, then Botello can handle it whenever that comes. But that's it for the Alabama series. We won the series, and that's all that matters. It's okay to drop one. And then we played a Tuesday night game against Bellarmine University. Pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. That's how you. That's how they said you pronounced it during March Madness. Uh, they, were, of course, got robbed during March Madness. Still upset about that. That wasn't fair at all. If you don't know that situation, definitely go look it up. But uh, we beat them nine to three. Didn't watch the game. All I know is we took care of business. And then this weekend we play Florida. It is a huge series. Of course, we have to win. It's single. Um, they're ranked. They just came off. I'm pretty sure they won the series at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a whole burning program right now. I don't know what's going on with them. But what makes me even more mad is it'll be two straight weeks of baseball that Tennessee is not on television. We are on SEC Network Plus, again, all three days. I do not know why the number one team in the nation is not being on TV. I mean, we had Florida and Vandy on every night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday evening. They were all on TV. It's ridiculous. How can a top 25 matchup of Alabama and Tennessee not be on TV at least one day? And then, again, a huge rivalry game going down to Gainesville. Florida's ranked in the top 20, and we can't we can't get even get SEC Network or ESPNU. I mean, that's what makes me mad. Um, I don't know a lot about Florida. I don't know about their pitching staff, but I do know they hit the ball well. That's about all I know. That's about all i got to say about Florida. 
We'll probably drop one game. I don't know which game it'll be, but I still think we'll win the series. But I highly doubt we sweep Florida because they're playing some really good baseball right now. That's all, that's all I got tonight for Gary's Corner. Yeah, just to touch right back up on it just real quick. I know you speak on the pitching rotation. Honestly, I've been saying I feel like Blade's the Friday night guy. Right now, if everyone's healthy, Kerry, uh, I think I should ask you, especially since uh, apparently you're the only one who watches baseball in here. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel like the pitching rotation will be? Do you think it will be Blade Friday, maybe Burns on Saturday, Beam on Sunday? Like, how? what do you think it will be? Like, what would you make it as right now? Honestly, I don't know because we only have uh... – this week and next week's the only time we play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we're going to start playing on Thursdays. We're going to start series on Thursdays instead of Fridays. And Vitello mentioned starting Tidwell on the Thursday night games just for the rotation thing and make sure like the freshman Burns and uh, not so much experienced Dolander and a other, I think, Beams a freshman, but I'm not 100% on that. But like they're in a rhythm right now and – they got their schedule set. It's perfect for them. You don't want to move them up a day and just risk them getting out of sync. So right now I'm fine with the Burns, uh, Dolander, and Bean, but that also depends on Dolander's health. I mean, I hope he's. I hope his elbow's okay. I hope the sling was just a precautionary thing during the game, but I haven't heard anything, so I don't really know. Yeah, um, prayers out to him. The only thing I've heard is it wasn't a fracture, I believe. So that's a really good sign for us. But moving on from baseball, I think we should touch more on the recruiting process, as I said earlier. And uh, if you know me, the one recruit I'm the highest on, I swear I'm the highest on, is Devin Hyatt, brother of Jalen Hyatt, who is currently on campus as a wide receiver at the University of Tennessee. I think Devin High is a must-get player. He is a must-get player. He is a filler spot. He can come in, get taken under the wing by all these older guys, and even his brother. He has potential to be better than Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, I'm not saying he's better than Jalen Hyatt right now, and obviously not coming out of high school. I believe Jalen Hyatt was better than Devin coming out of high school, in my opinion. I mean, one of the fastest kids you'll freaking see. So, I mean – of course, I'd say uh, Jalen Jalen was definitely up there when you're talking about recruits with wide receivers in his class. But Devin Hyatt, to me, is like a must-get. like the kid's play style. His, uh, I believe his hometown is in South Carolina. Currently, I feel like we're battling with uh, Georgia. Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. If I had to throw three schools out there, if you haven't seen – uh, all these pictures, I just don't know. I feel like he loves Georgia, but he also loves Tennessee. I feel like that kid could be locked in with Tennessee, and him having his brother on campus is most definitely helping a lot. Um, do either of y'all have y'all's own personal opinion on how Devin Hyatt plays or his commitment here soon? Because I'm hoping it will be this summer. I don't know exactly when his commitment is or just – Anything about Devin Hyatt? Do y'all have y'all's own, like, personal opinions on this kid? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> actually, his recruiting seems a little iffy, if he were, if he were to ask me. Uh, it doesn't really seem like anybody's truly got the momentum for him right now. 
because one minute it'll be Georgia, the next minute it'll be Tennessee. But honestly, if we miss out, or not if we, if the university misses out on Carnell Tate, then I'd say maybe boost Devin up to the top of the board. Like, honestly, if we get Carnell, that's great. It's not like we really need any wide receivers this class. We just got three last class, and nobody wants to really come in and be buried on a depth chart. They want to get out there. They want to play good old-fashioned SEC ball. Now, in my personal opinion, I think Devin will probably either end up at Tennessee just due to his brother, or he'll end up at South Carolina because it's just close to home. I mean, that was the big thing when we were fighting for Jalen. He was, like, narrowing down, and uh, South Carolina started picking up some, like, top-tier momentum towards the end of the recruitment process, but Tennessee somehow swayed him to still come. So I personally think it's a head-to-head race between us and South Carolina at this point. Yeah, touching more on Carnell Tate, we've mentioned it before. We felt like Carnell Tate was a personal Ohio State lock. There's no chance of flipping him. I mean, if you go back, you'll hear it. We all believe that. He comes in, does an official visit, and boom, we take the leader spot. If you look on on three or any of these recruiting sites, you'll see we're the leader for him. We had to have a really good weekend, had to have a really good official visit with him. I feel like we're sitting in a good place. I don't know that Carnell Tay would be a starter right away. He has that starter potential. I think he could even be a special teams guy. I've seen people mention, like, yo, this kid could be a, a returner. He could be just anything, really. He could be a filler guy because I know people are talking about our wide receivers this year are good. Of course, we're losing wide receivers and next year, all of that. But I don't know. really feel as this kid could come in, start, make a big impact. He has the name. He has the the – the the kind of hype around him that I feel like he could start just kind of right away. And if he doesn't, if he decides to stay the whole time, even if he doesn't start, he has potential to be built up to a amazing wide receiver, amazing wide out, especially if he's willing to work with um, Heifel and Heifel's offense, which is very unique. It already throws people off. You could give us uh, – an average wide receiver, and we could make the wide receiver look good just because how many plays we run, he's bound to get yards somewhere. I mean, we'll catch him back in. That's why either – like, even on screen passes, when you look at Valus Jones on screen passes, getting all these yards, it's because you really – how fast we are, the defense does not have time to react. That's why you'd see people like Ole Miss dropping down with fake injuries. Yes, I know. Some of them might have not been fake, but if you look back, almost all of them are. So, I mean, Carnell Tate's a big one for me. Definitely a, a go-getter guy. But um, when we're talking about another recruit, another one I'm big and high on, Sylvester Smith, four-star safety. If I had to describe him, big hitter. Man, can this kid hit. I've talked to – uh few people around him who personally know this kid said, man, he has some hard hits. Now, I don't know completely how other people feel. Like, how do you feel about his speed, 
his height, his size, his vertical jump, because that's going to matter at a safety spot. You're going to need that vertical. But when it comes to hitting, that's one thing I've heard. This kid has hit power. I'm talking 99 hit power and forcer on Madden. I'm talking this man could be a demon. He could be a demon. And he's committing on April 26th, I believe. We're the we're definitely the front runner. I would almost say that he is a Tennessee lock down in Rocky Top. I think he's locked um, most definitely. I would. I don't even know that there's any people competing with Tennessee right now. I really don't think there is. I mean, how do y'all personally feel? Like, do y'all feel like anyone's even competing? We're competing with Auburn for him right now. Just throw that in there. Do you think, like, he's a Tennessee walk, or you think this is a, uh, a toss-up? No, because he has teammates that are uh, giving Auburn a good look as well, so it's really going to come down to basically the night before the commitment where his heart stands and where he wants to go. I don't think anybody's truly got momentum for him right now, so we'll just have to see on the 26th. Definitely something I'll be keeping my eye out on Twitter and Instagram and all these social medias definitely would push this class up even higher. And that's one of our weak points is defensive back. And then I'll move on. I'll, I'll speak a little bit. Defensive backs are turning into a weak point for us. Not necessarily that it's completely weak. But when you look at this depth, you see kids that you just are like, oh, no, he's getting playing time. Just just because it's scary, not necessarily that they're bad. You just don't know if they have the experience. A bunch of young guys there. Yes, I have faith in some of these players. Yes, I have my scares in some of these players. I believe Tennessee can make it work, though. He's definitely a guy we need in that defensive back group to make this group better, I would say. Another defensive back, though, I'd like to touch on. Um, if you've been keeping up with some of our recruits, you know one of our big recruits in 2023 class is Jack Luttrell. As they already spoke to him, he has this teammate on the seven-on-seven team, and I don't want to pronounce his name wrong. I believe it's Brandon Strozier. Strozier? I believe. I just don't want to pronounce his name Strozier. wrong. Strozier. Okay, I got it right. He is a three-star, I believe. He's on – He's on Jack's team, and him and Jack seem really close. From what I've seen, Jack is pushing him to try getting him to go to Tennessee. He could be a potential teammate from high school to college, and Jack is really making a push for this kid. If he's a three-star and Jack is pushing for him, Jack sees something in him. Is it because they're teammates? Is it because he has true talent? I mean, that's for you to decide. That's for the listeners to decide. But definitely something you do need to keep your eye out on is Brandon because he's also a defensive back. So we have Jack coming in as safety, potentially Sylvester coming in as another safety and another defensive back, which would be a corner, and Brandon. So that would be huge, huge pickup, like I said. 
we got to build that that position group up. When it comes to Vic Burley, though, this is going to be most likely the last one I touch on because this is a two-part series. Vic Burley, he's a he's a big old dude. I would say uh, we're one of we're one of his top choices. He's already announced like his top picks and his top just top places to go. Rocky Top is one of them. Where do you see? Vic kind of landing because Alabama is a big place on Vic, I believe. And he's going to Vic. I will put Vic's kind of right now. Yeah, I mean Vic's a Vic's been kind of quiet. I feel like Tennessee has kind of gave up a little bit of hope on him. Don't you? Don't you think? I mean, yes, we're still trying, and we're not going to completely give up hope. But like, have you really heard people talking about? Oh, Vic Burley, Vic Burley. Pull this kid in. Pull this kid in. Like they no, are with the last the large D line when we talked about was Walter Nolan. And that's just because we wanted to keep homegrown talent in the state. Well, jokes on everybody. There's only like eight good players in this class from Tennessee. So <laughs> we got like three of them. But I really don't yeah. think Vic's going to be. I really don't think he's going to come to Tennessee. He showed Alabama a whole lot of love recently. It's a. I'm pretty sure it's a fight between Bama and whoever will cough up the most money at this point. And sadly, that's what college football is really coming to. You hate to see it. Growing up, you've never really seen it, or especially legally. You would you would see it illegally, uh, but we're not going to talk about that because that is definitely not our place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Mick Burley, you never really hear about him. Kid's got a big name, so it just doesn't make no sense. If we're really competing for him, why isn't his name getting mentioned all the time? But instead, all people are hearing is, oh, Caleb Herring, Carnell Tate. Don't really even hear Devin Hyatt often, but I think that's kind of because no one has momentum for Devin Hyatt. I think Devin Hyatt is going to be a 25% chance for four different teams on commitment day. I mean, it's just going to be a freaking shot in the dark. It's going to be a spin-the-wheel decision for Devin Hyatt. Sylvester Smith, cap in on him. I think we get him. Brandon, I think we'll we'll get Brandon. Then Vic Burley is definitely a Alabama lock from what people are saying. But, um, yeah, I'd like to touch on the sponsorship just real quick. Um, go to Jersey Nations if you want you a five jersey. Use code Volunteer Voice for ten percent off. Would anyone like to touch on the sponsorship, or are we good from here? Yeah. So uh, we also have a brand deal with uh, University Traditions. I know y'all probably seen the uh, Volunteer Voice page. Share the share the uh, clothing line of them a couple times. They've got some nice sleek hats. Very casual, business casual at that. You can wear it out with your friends, wear it out to a nice round of golf. It's very sleek. It's for all ages. It's not like you're going to look like a middle-aged man wearing them, but that that's really about it for this episode. So I know that y'all haven't heard me much, but I guess I'll do the outro for old time's sake. So uh, y'all got to help me out here because I might call for sneeze halfway through it, but good morning, good afternoon, and good night to everybody with a volunteer voice.